Hey, welcome to The Weekly. This is a podcast by Calvary Bible Church, where we connect what happened on the weekend services to your real life lived Monday through Friday. Pastor Jay Ewing is back in America and in studio today. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing good, Jay. How are you, man? Oh, man, I am very good. Very good. It's a warm November day in Colorado. The mountains have snow. All right, the rumor is that you and your lovely wife and maybe another couple or two from your life group had a previously scheduled trip to Mexico that you were able to keep on the books and go. Yeah, we kept on the books. Um, it's the only thing in 2020 that did not cancel. It was a gift from the Lord, and we had a great time in Mexico. Came back, got tested. We are all COVID-free, Praise so we're just so thankful for that. Safe travels. It felt safe. We felt safe the whole time, and we're just thankful to get away in such a crazy year. All right. My favorite question to ask people after they travel is what is the best thing you ate while you were out of town? Oh, so it was all inclusive, um, which in Mexico means you just have to eat Mexican food because mm. that's, that's my favorite. Yeah. So I would say every breakfast usually had some form of eggs and beans and tortilla. So I think breakfast is my favorite anyways. So, yeah. I love breakfast. Do you like breakfast? Favorite meal of the day. It is my favorite meal of the day. Sometimes I eat it at dinner time. That's the best day of the week when your family eats breakfast for dinner. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. But you're back. So good to have you. Um, I was blessed by Pastor Tom's message on Sunday as we kind of wrapped up the book of Acts. Looking forward to Acts 29 this coming week. But how did your home group go? It went well, man. Um, They met without me because I was in quarantine before getting tested. And... um, I hear that it went exceptionally well and that my home group is continuing to meet even in these trying times. All right. So that's kind of part of the message today is how do we support one another in the challenging days ahead and what practices can we lean in on? And that was, that was part of Tom's message. And so we want to get Mm -hmm. as practical as possible today, uh, talking about some, some lines that Tom had that were really beneficial for me, um, particularly around a prayer life, uh, shared life with Jesus, and then being able to encourage and hold on to other people's faith when it feels like yours is dwindling. But he began by asking this question. I was curious what your word was when Pastor Tom asked, if you could sum up 2020 in one word, what word would you use? I thought immediately of trust because this year has challenged my previously held notions of trusting the Lord. And so um, I've been learning this over and over and over again as we get more and more disappointing news. And things happen in 2020, which we never foresaw or never wanted, want to go through. So um, the word there is trust only because it's something I have to learn. What about you? You know, uh, Tom used the word grief, and I, I resonate with so much of that, how many things um, that I've shared in grief with other people's families, the, the sorrow of canceled plans, and then also death and discouragement and just the way that life has been turned upside down. But honestly, I think, I think my word this year is opportunity. And I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about all the different ministry opportunities and life, ministry, life opportunities that we've had to step into that would not have been created for us to have um, with neighbors, with family members, even just ministry opportunities for people to be more honest about the struggle they've been in and, and the ways they've tried to hide it over the, the last years. And, and now those things have been surfaced and now people are getting healthier. And I, I think 2020 might be chalked up to a year of opportunities. Man, that's a really good word. I like that a lot. So we are finishing up the book of Acts. 
Um, what are some of the, I know we're talking about this week's message and really in a quick minute, but let's, what are some of the things that you've taken away personally from your journey in the book of Acts as you studied, as you preached, as you pondered and prayed, what have you decided from Acts? You know, one of those themes that um, I'm actually going to talk about this weekend in this weekend's message is the God's sovereign um, ability to accomplish everything he said he would accomplish. And we're going to talk about this more this coming weekend. But when I open the first pages of the book of Acts, I see what looks like an impossible task. Jesus has left and commissioned disciples to do something that just seems out of this world, to go from their home base as a small minority religious group in Jerusalem then to cross certain barriers, socioeconomic classes, gender barriers, racial barriers, and take the gospel, this good news that God has, to the ends of the earth. And then the book concludes with Paul at the heart of the ends of the earth, it seems, where the gospel there is being proclaimed, being taught to those in Rome. And it's like, man, God was faithful to carry out his mission through broken people, to accomplish everything he said he sent them out to do. And I think that's been resounding in my life this whole year is a reminder that the church is not a building. It is a bride. It is the body of Christ. Those who gather in the name of the Lord, uh, the practices that they have of submitting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to fellowship and the breaking of bread. We've been doing that this whole year without interruption. Um, but God is faithful to move and to accomplish everything has been a huge encouragement for me and to seeing how the church has to adapt to certain days. It feels threatened at different times, but God is faithful. The gospel is relentless and it will continue to permeate into the, into the world. Man, that's a great lesson to learn, my friend. How about you? What, what's been some big themes that you've taken away from the book of Acts? Yeah, so uh, I've been through Acts several times in my lifetime and this time the word community kept coming through and seeing not only the community that um, people had with God in the sense of the community of the Holy Spirit and connected to what Jesus was doing in the world, but also the community of believers and how essential. There's like these names in the book that just caught my attention more than ever before, just simple names of people who journeyed with the apostles, journeyed in these stories in these cities that kept the faith alive, kept it vibrant, kept them going. Um, and then just, it's a beautiful expression of what we can live in 2020 as well is that community has been essential for survival and community is essential for the life's ups and downs. And that has been very true in my own life. And so, and the unique thing is also that we read Acts 242, which we preached on before COVID. And then we've practiced it as a church with home groups. And so Acts has probably never been more real and the fact that that community that they saw, we now experience in home groups. You know, we say this often, but this is why Calvary chooses to do expository preaching, is God sets the agenda of history, and we get to walk in it. And it's fun to see that God had set out the book of Acts before we knew what would come in 2020. And it has truly been a beautiful guide for me, and I think for our church, to describe that community, what is church, what's our mission, where is God in all of this, what's the power of the Holy Spirit, how can we trust Him when things feel um, so so vulnerable. Right, and no doubt. Let's pause here. I'm going to do a commercial break, and we're going to jump into sort of debriefing what we learned in Tom's message and learn about what is happening at Calvary this fall.
Hey, so Calvary, we got some uh, great things happening this fall going into the winter season. So you want to go to calvarybible.com, check out the events page, see what's happening. What do you want to be involved in as God continues to move at Calvary uh, this year? We have three campuses. So if you're not connected yet, would you reach out to us and let us know that you want to get connected in community? We talked about that today in this podcast, but we would love to connect you in a home group. And you can go to calvarybible.com slash home groups and fill out information. Let us know you're wanting to participate. We would love to have you. We have room for you and look forward to what's happening this Christmas season in women's ministry. The women's Christmas brunch is happening. So uh, go to the events page. You'll find that there. We just like... Keep saying, we want to get you connected. Jump into this community. It's a wonderful community, and we would love to have you here at calvarybible.com. Wow, thanks for that commercial break. Yeah, man. That's, that was sponsored by ESV Bibles? That was the extra special version Bibles, yes. For all you do, this Bible's for you. <laughs> we actually don't have any sponsors we for don't. this show. But if you want to sponsor us by Bibles, I'm, I'm game with that. Or pens. Pens. Yeah. Calvary pen. Calvary pen. So, okay, we're back and let's talk about what has actually happened in the last week with Tom's message and what we learned about um, these sort of movements you talked about earlier about prayer and about community and about living this great faith that happens in the life of Paul as we end Acts. All right. So I was, I was blessed. I don't know if you were, but when Tom shares personal stories about his real faith, how it's lived out, how it's been ups and downs, and starting with that story about him having to hold on to his wife's faith for a season where she just said to him, you know, I, I, I believe, and you can hold on to my faith while yours seems shaky. And we talk about community, and that's why we want to be a church not with life groups or not with small groups, but a church of life groups, of these home groups that every person is known at Calvary Bible Church. And that's because you know, there are seasons where life is so challenging that it seems like my faith is being shaken. And if I can hold on to another's faith, if someone else can show up and, and pray on behalf of, of me, pray for me, that I can just listen to their prayers or listen to their encouragement, um, listen to how God's showing up in their life, is a great help to me. So with community, how do you see that here at Calvary in this last week even, where the community has come around to help strengthen people's faith? Yeah, you know, life has many ups and downs. We've all experienced that. I think for me personally, even in COVID year, I had a season of, um, I would call spiritual depression post Easter this year. And I told my men's group what was going on and they came around me and just loved me, cared for me, listened to me. And I experienced the faith of their faith, um, in my own life, even as I was being discouraged, even though I was being, um, in a trying season of really just wondering what I was here for, what was I doing? What was the local church for? And so, um, I just really thankful for that men's group and them walking me through this, that season. You know, I, I'm so encouraged when people share what God's been up to in their life. I'm also encouraged when I'm able to be reminded of what God has done in my life. And, you know, when we talk about God's faithfulness in our present life, you know, that, that perspective is a rear view mirror perspective. The, the way that I build my confidence to know that God is faithful with me presently is to meditate and be reminded of what God has done for me historically or what he's done for the world historically. So to be in God's word, first and foremost, to see God's story unfolding of his faithfulness with his people over time, sending his, his rescuer, Jesus, to accomplish all that he would promise, that, that bolsters my faith. But then also being able to catalog in my own life and those who I share life with how God has answered prayers, where God has shown up, 
And you don't always see it, even from week to week. I mean, we don't see maybe the way God has strengthened us. But to come back to a journal entry a year later, uh, to come back to a, a, a moment that shows up on my phone of like, hey, you have a new memory, and looking at a picture of, of where I was five years ago and seeing what God has done in my life and carried me through. That's that rear view perspective of, wow, God has been faithful, that builds the confidence of God being faithful today. And I need a community of people around me to help me see that. I can't see that on my own. Right. And, you know, I, we continue to say this. I know we've talked about this quite a bit, but the practice of remembering what God has done by getting into his word and just practicing all these things that are like Jesus has, you know, paved the way that he has died, raised from the dead. We remember it through the Lord's Supper every week. You know, those things. We remember it through people getting baptized. Um, we just remember these things. And there's all these built-in practices of remembering in our faith that we have to bump into. And I think that's essential, especially in 2020, when uh, we forget so easily what God has done. You know, this is not Jesus's first pandemic. It's not. He's, his church has gone through quite a few of them. That's right. And, so, and this too shall pass. Right. And we want to know that the Lord is faithful today. And being connected with our people and their faith helps me hold on to challenging days where I feel like, I don't know if I can believe Right. And you know, what about the Exodus story? One of the greatest things Moses kept saying over and over again in 40, di- 40 years of wilderness is remember, remember, remember you were slaves. Remember what God had done with the Red Sea. Remember that manna is there every, every week. And so uh, one of the best practices we can have at Calvary is to remember and to practice that around the dinner table. I mean, ask your kids, if you got kids still at home, you know, around the dinner table, say, hey, what do you remember that was a success or what God did this last year or ask your spouse or a best friend or your group, you know, what do you remember God doing in your life? Because it's such an encouragement to talk through those things. Absolutely. So that's part of the community, um, part of the remembrance, holding on to what God has historically done to build into my confidence of present faith, to hold on to other people's faith right now when mine seems to be weak. Uh, then Tom makes this big point of having a, a vibrant prayer life. And I like the line he used a, a, a prayer life is a shared life with Jesus. And he talked about what kind of vehicle would be your prayer life. Uh, is it a dump truck where you take all your carries and worries and just basically back it up and, and dump it on Jesus, which, you know, he wants all your anxieties cast on him because he cares for you. Um, then he said, you know, one another way to look at it would be an RV, that you're journeying with Jesus. And as Jesus is in the driver's seat, you're able to share the journey with him. What what kind of uh, vehicle was in your mind when you were thinking of your prayer life? I was thinking I've driven all those vehicles in different seasons, right? I've been the dump truck guy. I've been the mini Cooper car guy flying by Jesus saying, hey, thanks, you know, in the fast lane of life or um, the RV of journeying with Jesus. And I think we all go through many different vehicles in our prayer life. What about you? You know, I resonate a lot with the RV um, I liked that idea, that picture, that I'm journeying with Jesus. Uh, when you think of road trips, I love road trips. Uh, I absolutely love traveling on the road, um, even with people trying to get to a destination. Wait, wait, you even like driving through Kansas on a road trip? Amen, man. I'll go through Kansas. No big deal. <laughs> okay. The weird thing about road trips, though, is on there I am sitting for 12 to 16 hours, right? right. And um, exercising basically my right foot. <laughs> but I'm starving the whole time, just like eating snacks. The calorie intake would, would rival like Michael Phelps. Right. A good trip. day of swimming for Michael Phelps rivals yeah, you driving 000. through 
Kansas for 12 hours. But the trick to road trips is this. You have to go with people that want to travel the same way and that want to go at the same speed. Yeah. And you, can, you can mess up a road trip if you go with people that are always fighting about the directions or the pace. And so if, I don't know if you've ever been on a road trip with someone that wants to stop at every rest stop. And every time they see something, it's like, this is an overlook or a sightseeing place. They want to pull in and take some pictures. Totally. Yeah, I don't travel with those folks. Uh, I'm not like, I have to get there tomorrow. But at the same time, like pace matters and directions have to be very clear before we go. That's really funny. Or I travel with a friend who can't let the gas tank go below half in his car. Really? He has to stop every two hours to fill up to make sure he has over half in his gas tank. Oh, man, that's crazy. It is crazy, man. I do, I do see that. Like when I'm in the middle of nowhere and I'm on a quarter tank and all my kids are in the car and it's 1 a.m., yeah, it's a little nervous. You start praying. That's, a, <laughs> that's right. That's a so prayer back to life. the prayer conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this whole picture of RV is, is actually really fun for me because God lays out the, the direction, and God gets to choose the durate or the, the the pace of of how we're traveling, and so I get to be present with Him, and that's kind of how I picture my prayer life. And I've actually really delighted in my prayer life in the last couple of years, where it starts in the morning and it's informed by his word first and foremost. And then simply I get to come before the Lord and say, all right, this is your day. Uh, you're the owner of it. You're the author of it. Uh, you own me. What, what do you want to do today, Lord? Uh, you have some plans. What, what, what kinds of things do you want me to do? If there's anything that you need me to um, do or say or go, I would just I would pray that you would have those people bump into me. Um, I pray that certain circumstances will come my way and I have eyes to see. And so what are you up to today and how can I participate in what you're, you're doing? It keeps him in the driver's seat and it keeps me along for the ride. And it gives me this great confidence that he's, he's got the, the whole trip planned out and I'm here to have eyes and ears to see and hear what's going on around me. So let's say we have someone listening that um, doesn't have a prayer life, doesn't know where to start. How would you just encourage them to start a prayer life? What are some of the practices, um, resources, um, ways in which you've prayed over the years that have been really helpful for you? Yeah, so when we talk about you know, prayer, it's a, we really do say it's a two-way conversation. Um, there's a listening aspect to it. And perhaps maybe the more you get into prayer, the more listening you're doing than talking. But you got to start. I think that's just it. Like you just got to do it. Um, you know, the pandemic didn't fix my prayer life. We, we always joked about this. We did. We were saying, you know, I, I would pray, but I just have a morning commute. I have, this, I have these commitments with sports and other activities and all these office, you know, commitments after work. And now you don't got any of that. Yeah, the word busyness was in our vocabulary all the time. All the time, and it was an excuse. Right. And so now God has gifted you back your 30-minute commute for, for many people, um, has removed some distractions, has created some margin in your life of maybe 30 to 60 minutes. I don't know. Yeah, eight months of Netflix, you're probably over and done with Netflix. Yeah. So you filled it with something, and, and there's a reason you didn't fill it with your prayer life. And I don't know what that reason is, but at some point, you just have to start. You just have to start having a conversation. Now, there's some things that help inform that conversation with the Lord. Um, I know that you have some resources that you might want to share today. But first and foremost, for me, it, it goes back to uh, Eugene Peterson quote, um, where he just says, you know, we learn to talk to God by a child speaking to his parents, first learning words spoken to us and then speaking them back to him. And so we want to be in God's word and just first learn his word so that we can speak it back to him, which is, I think, the essential to a, a healthy prayer life. But then there are so many models of prayer that we have, and I know that you follow a couple models. How about you? Where would you start? Yeah, I would. I think that's a great encouragement. Just start. You don't have to be the expert. You don't have to have everything in order in order to start praying. And that's the biggest thing is just start 
continue at it, continue at it uh, on a daily basis, continue out on an hourly basis and, and look and investigate ways in which maybe it could help you pray better. Um, some people think quotes of prayer, encourage them to keep going. Some people look through the scriptures at other people's prayers. There's a lot of prayers in the scriptures themselves that inform us how to pray. So maybe learning some language, some routine. Um, I think the Daniel way of praying of uh, three to five times a day, pausing. So setting your cell phone, you know, to go off as an alarm or your watch, whatever technology you want to use to remind you to pray, to pause, to pray, um, is really important for a robust, a healthy, uh, a life-giving prayer life. And find time to pray with other people too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who's living in your house. Um, even if you're living by yourself, are you able to, you know, connect with someone during the day or once a week and just pray with them on the phone. Um, sometimes it feels like this awkward phone prayer, but it, it's so meaningful to pray with another person and have them pray and learn, you know, how do they connect with the Lord? How, how do they speak to him? How do they listen to him and help that like, bolster up your prayers? Yeah. And I, my own journey, um, attending prayer meetings, I know churches have those occasionally and, um, jumping into it, even if you don't know anyone or you never been to one, you think that might be awkward is just going and jumping into a prayer meeting. I've learned a lot about prayer through hearing other people um, in official prayer times together. Okay, so I want to go to a quick commercial break. Okay. Sponsored by ESV Bibles. I'm just kidding. Don't go to commercial break. Okay. I want to be cool like you. Uh, but here's a commercial for everyone is in, in uh, December, Calvary's going to gather on the first three Thursdays to pray. And we're working out the details of how that's possible to do that um, in person on all of our campuses, or will it need to just simply be uh, over uh, virtual uh, tools? But we want to gather as a church first, th- first three Thursdays of December. We're going to send out some details as it's getting closer of how you can grab that link or where you can join other people in an evening of prayer worship and hearing a word of encouragement from one of the local pastors. Yeah, I would encourage people to jump into those. It's going to be a wonderful time and a great way for us to jump back into the building together by starting with prayer. Yeah. Yeah, that's a commercial break because I put the music. Did you hear that? I heard the music. Yeah, man, you you should give me more prep and I would have done it like 10 seconds before you started. Hit some applause on that. No, I'm not going to hit applause. That's ridiculous. Push the button, Jay. I'm not pushing the button, Thomas. Okay, let's jump back into prayer. So, um, you talked about some really practical ways to pray. How did you see like the, when you were studying Acts, how did you see people pray in, in Acts and what were some of those takeaways even from the book we've been in as a community? Okay. So how's the whole thing start is a prayer meeting, Ooh, right? So the well whole done. thing gets, yeah. gets going with a prayer meeting is God gives them, Jesus gives them this, this commission. You're going to go have this impossible task, but don't leave without the source of your power. This is not going to rest on you. And so they're gathered in Jerusalem, 120 of them, and they're praying. And God invades a prayer meeting. And then we see at different times, you see that the whole the disciples' path, um, where Paul goes, doesn't go, when Paul goes, uh, Philip being called over, Peter being called over, all of that happens through a prayer life, which is, like Tom says, a shared life with Jesus Christ. Yeah, man, that's great. In fact, that's uh, probably the essential is no that you don't pray alone, that if you believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you have the Holy Spirit to help you learn how to pray. So you don't, you're not ill-equipped, let me say that, or ill-trained. You can pray. Absolutely, and he prays on your behalf. How great is that? 
to know like today, I don't know where, where the listeners are at today. If you don't even know what to pray for, you're so overwhelmed with grief or sorrow or the complexities of life, there is God's presence in your body if you are a believer that intercedes for you and cries out for you with words like they're just groans to the Father that are incomprehensible to us. Yeah, when I've had bad news in my friends or my family members and we've gathered to pray, um, and sometimes none of us know how to because it's such a devastating piece of news. I am so thankful that we've been taught what to say or we've had the Spirit pray on our behalf in those moments, Mm -hmm. those really dark days that we'll all experience in the human journey. Um, I'm so thankful that the Spirit's there. All right, what other resources do you think that you would want to give to somebody? Um, reading other people's prayers, uh, being informed on how to pray, what are some of those resources for you? Yeah, I so I would start by going to like Bible Gateway, which is a free website, and type in prayer or praying, and look at the scriptures that reference prayer. So start in the scriptures. Let the scriptures teach you how to pray. Um, that's the, one of the easiest things. Or if your Bible has a... Um, just a reference point in the back with the tagline of prayer, go there and look up those scriptures because that's super important as um, you learn how to pray. And the thing in the back is called a concordance and it's a simple one and you can highlight those things in your Bible. Another way is to start reading the Psalms. You encourage us to do that quite often on this podcast. The Psalms are documented prayers that the people of God have said to God on their behalf over and over again through human history. And so um, continue to read the Psalms if you want to get familiar with prayer. There's some helpful books out there. You can go to Amazon and look at the top 10 books on prayer. Um, That's one way. I wouldn't encourage that way, but um, you can go to like Philip Yancey's book on prayer um, is really a great book. Richard Foster's book on prayer have been probably the two formative. Um, There's some masters of prayer that everyone has read like Andrew Murray and his book on prayer is, you know, I see everyone referencing that book all the time. So those are probably three great helpful. Um, and then if you really want to have a great Christmas gift, if you have someone who just loves oh, the Lord, Kristen Ewing, are you listening? Oh, I already have this on my shelf. Oh, buddy. okay. Okay. Um, but, uh, you can go to Amazon and find this book called the Valley of vision. Mm. And it's, I would, I would purchase the leather bound edition. Okay. It's like five bucks more. So you're not spending too much. It's pleather. Okay. So it's not expensive, but these are prayers of the Puritans that, um, I think have been some of the most beautiful, not only prayers, but poetry of their relationship with God. And I've been blessed by reading those Valley of vision prayers for several years. And for those who are like just great followers of Jesus, um, who love the Lord, I usually brought, buy that as gifts um, just because I think it's been so valuable in my own life. Sweet. I love that. That's a great, great collection of Puritan prayers. Yeah. It's one of the, just, I love the references of the lines in those, those prayers. What about you? How would you tell someone to learn how to pray or resources? Yeah. So I I would echo a lot of those resources, uh, the Valley of vision. um, I think that was edited by Bennett or something. That is a great resource. That's, you know, on my nightstand. The other one I have currently right now is just from a friend uh, who passed away recently. Uh, he, he was in Australia, and his church, an Anglican church, cataloged 
common prayers that they used. And so he sent me a personal copy from his church mm-hmm. of Anglican prayers that uh, he has been praying in this last season of his life. And that's just been really sweet to me to think about holding the book that he was holding and praying through the things that he was praying for and know that those words were on his lips and then now on my lips. And it just connects me once again, back to the community, back to his faithfulness, the strength of his resolve with the Lord is, is my resolve in all of these hardships. So I hope, I hope today's podcast is helpful to you to remind yourself, you know, even 2020, no matter what your word was, there is great faith to be seen um, in community with one another in remembrance of what God has done in anticipation of what God will do and that we want to be connected to him. And that is through a vibrant prayer life that we've just got to start doing. Yeah. And be paying attention to your weekly updates about the prayer meetings and the details that come out from there. Um, and just mark, make time to be there because you'll be blessed by praying with the people of Calvary. Like I have always been blessed by praying with those people. And I'm looking forward to seeing our listeners there that night. And if you're a listener, you know, if you have questions on prayer, go to the weekly at calvarybible.com. It's a, it's an email. You can get a hold of us. Let us know what you're how you wrestle with prayer, what are some resources you have about prayer. Um, we would love to hear from you at theweekly at calvarybible.com. Let's move into a moment of a, just a devotional thought to leave us here as the people of God. Um, this book is a, a really unique book in the sense that uh, the people of God, Israel, were going through a very trying time. Uh, the world was turned upside down. And there was a lot of suffering and pain and a lot of questions about where was God. And Habakkuk 3 ends with this encouragement that I want to encourage you, Calvary people, um, that God knows exactly what's going on and that uh, we need to trust him in this season. It's Habakkuk 3, verse 18 and 19. It says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes my tread. He makes me tread on my high places. Hey friends, I know that uh, this year has been very discouraging and we have a lot of what ifs and unknowns in our near future. But know this, God is not surprised by any of this. He knows exactly what's going on and he's ready. He's there. His spirit is willing and able to give us strength and joy in his salvation as 2020 comes to a close and as we prepare for another year journeying with Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great day, Calvary people.